Hello, hello, happy Sunday. It's Britt, the Petite Polymath, and I'm trying to get these books I've read out of my mind and onto the record. So today it is Laurel Braitman's What Looks Like Bravery, an epic journey through loss to love. Get excited. Hello everyone. I hope you are having a good weekend. In Nashville, we had some really gorgeous springy weather and then the temperature dropped and now the sun is out again. And who knows, I think this week's gonna be a bit cool. But anyway, I, I've read, well, I often read multiple books at the same time. Um, but I had finished one of three books that I really wanted to get onto the podcast. And so I did one of them maybe Thursday or Friday of this week. And I decided, while I still have these stories fresh in my mind, I should try to get the other two out as soon as possible. So, the second in the series is one you heard me refer to in um, my prior podcast. And I apologize in advance if there might be some ambient noise. I'm on my deck because it's a really pretty day and I'm trying to, you know, enjoy the outdoors. Um, so anyway, this book, um, What Looks Like Bravery, an Epic Journey Through Loss to Love by Dr. Laurel Braitman. Um, fantabulous. <laughs> I love that word because I don't think it's real. Um, it's a fantastic uh, memoir. Um, so it's nonfiction. Uh, the author um, is a, uh, a really interesting woman. She grew up in California, uh, the daughter of a cardiothoracic surgeon who um, ultimately died um, from cancer. And her story um, of her life up to this point is really about how um, his living with cancer shaped their family. Um, so, you know, she grew up uh, in a very loving home um, with a younger brother and her father loomed larger than life. Um, I think she grew up in kind of the more rural area of California, so, uh, you know, very, um, very lush and, you know, like, if I remember correctly from the book, I believe lots of avocado trees and, and you know, like anything could grow on, on her family's property. And she had a very kind of idyllic experience of, um, of wandering nature as a child and being bookwormy. And she didn't really kind of fit, um, you know, the, the surroundings that she was in. Um, she ends up going to boarding school at one point and really kind of finds her people there. And at a young age, um, you know, she, she's told by her parents that her father has cancer. Uh, he is one of those gunners you know, he um, went to, you know, very prestigious schools and training and was dedicated to kind of being at the cutting edge of how to beat this cancer. And he definitely um, delayed his death by using, you know, kind of all the contacts he had to be at the front end of, um, of research protocols for chemotherapy and radiation, um, you know, amputations, whatever it took. To get as much life as he could get um, because he wanted to be able to impart uh, lessons to his children and leave a legacy and he clearly loved his wife deeply and she was another force to be reckoned with um, 
a very like vibrant, just classy woman. Uh, and you can tell that Laurel, the author, is very shaped by just uh, the love that her parents give her. At the same time, you know, as humans, we are not perfect. Uh, there was not a lot of space for her to process the the fear and the and the and the sadness, um, and I think the grief that they lived with, even while her father was still with her. Um, it was almost as if it wasn't really um, allowed to to kind of make space for the heavier emotions um, because it seemed like it was a betrayal to what her father was trying to do and that's something that I, I really uh, can resonate with um, I think you know there are homes that you know maybe swing too far in being in like the doldrums and then there are homes where you know bad things happen but like you aren't really given the space to to feel the feelings of being angry or sad or afraid um or overwhelmed and that that's almost a moral failing uh and so a lot of of how laurel manages her relationships in the future um is shaped by kind of this avoidance of of sadness this avoidance of heartache um and how we build these walls or how we have these survival mechanisms that we're not even aware of because they develop when we're young. Um, I've always said, and actually I wouldn't say I've always said, I'd say more recently, I, I had this epiphany as someone who is childless, that all adults are, are, you know, children in larger bodies. And whatever stuff we bring into our adult life um, comes from our childhood. Uh, whatever traumas we had, whatever loss we experienced, whatever hurt, um, as well as the good things. You know, when you, when you have um, hardship, but you have a stable and loving home, and you might have hardship in the, in the way of like bullying in school, or a jerky teacher, or um, financial um, issues in the family or even illness in the family or loss of you know death or something but if you are no if you know you're loved and you have value and your parents and your extended family and your community impart that to you it creates a certain amount of resilience um, if you don't have that in your home and all the things in the world are shaky and unstable that's really tough and some people manage to still land on their feet uh, but many people don't and then how we interact with each other how we interact with with ourselves is shaped by these things that we either learn um, explicitly or implicitly as children which is why children are so important uh, whether you have one or not you've, we've all been one right and we're all acting out of out of that script um, and that's also why therapy and, you know, and, um, and solitude and um, self-forgiveness and all these sorts of things are so important. And all of these are things that, that come up in this memoir. You know, the importance of friendship, uh, that love requires vulnerability, and that what looks like bravery is sometimes just what you have to do, you know? I think... We see people who defy odds. We see people who manage to have really good attitudes despite 
insurmountable loss and we think, oh my goodness, they're so incredible. No, it's just they decided what they were going to do with what they were handed. And it's, it, there, while there might be a varying amounts of resilience kind of sprinkled throughout humans, uh, nobody is equipped more than another to handle horrible things happening to them. It's just that they have to deal with it. Like, you have to face it. And I think a lot about, you know, even just something as, as um, you know, routine as, you know, how do people parent, right? You know, lots of people have done this. Lots of women have carried children and birthed them and then have kept them alive. <laughs> and, like, to someone looking in, you're like, how do you do this? Well, you just get up every day and you do what has to be done. You know, people ask doctors, for example, how do you get through all that training and not sleeping? And you just do what is put before you. You know, you look at athletes and artists and you ask them, how do they sacrifice? Um, you know, we ask people who put themselves in the way of danger, you know, in the military and, and law enforcement, and firefighters, like, what do you do? And it's like, no, you, you practice these things and then and then they're like autopilot you know it's just it's about putting yourself in a situation where then something has to be um, performed and so what looks like bravery is often just what it means to to survive and then hopefully thrive as a person um, this book brought me to tears many times uh, you know, especially um, an older daughter in a home um, who greatly respects her father, which that resonates with me. And, uh, and just the beauty of their relationship. And uh, something that Dr. Braitman said is that he was, um, his, his role was to teach his children how to live without him there. And I, I think someone said that what it means to be a parent is to prepare your children for when you're gone. To not just rely on you being there in body. And, and, and that is a profound um, weight uh, rested upon the shoulders of parents. And so anyone who's listening to this who is a parent, um, I, I give you um, the greatest amount of, of deference and... Um, and I hat tip to you because that is uh, one of the most important roles you will ever have in this life is what you impart to your children. And, and not so much what you're saying explicitly, but how you're living your life. Uh, because I think all of us can look back at our parents, at what they taught us. And, and not everything was what they said. A lot of it was what we observed, um, whether that's good or bad. And, um, and also I think how even non-parents have such impact on the lives of children, you know, teachers and doctors and, and family friends and just um, the community at large that helps support people through, through hard things. And that you can learn better, right? That you can have patterns that are dysfunctional and unhealthy. But if you want to learn better, you can. Um, Laurel ultimately finds love in all sorts of ways and not without still further loss. And yet it is so beautiful and her story is still being written. And I felt incredibly encouraged by it. Um, 
and uh, I hope that you will too. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Uh, my third book will be, I think I misspoke on my last episode, The Biography of X by my dear friend Catherine Lacey um, at some point in the next week or so. And as for something I'm really enjoying, uh, The Indian Matchmaker episode, no, season three, it's back on Netflix. Seema Auntie, if you happen to ever listen to my podcast, I could use help, even though I'm not Indian. Thank you. Y'all have a great week. <laughs>